Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for the latest buzz on pets from around the corner, down the block, and across the world with award-winning journalist, author, speaker, educator, and host, Arden Moore. Arden has twice been named by Oprah Winfrey as one of her top three pet hosts. The New York Times has named Arden one of their top ten hosts. And just this year, the Dog Writers Association of America has given this show, Four-Legged Life, its top radio award. Arden is driven to live her motto, bringing out the best in pets and their people. So snuggle up with your favorite fur baby, because it's time for another episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at savemypetidtag.com. Pause up, pet pals. Welcome to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Yep, it's me, Arden Moore. Stinky you, I mean you. What do stinky litter boxes and puppy piddles on rugs have in common with astronauts orbiting in space? Hmm. Dogs, cats, people on Earth, and yes, even astronauts deserve and need clean air to breathe. Now, our special guest today, he's figured out a way to boot out nasty odors allergens and chemicals strap yourselves in folks you're in for a good ride please welcome to our show the creator of color fill it's kind of a one-of-a-kind air filter technology and i'm talking about dr james langer welcome to the show dr langer well thanks for having me arden i'm excited to be here and excited to share a little bit about our journey and the product and company we built well, I'm, you know, I'm checking out your bio and in the past, we actually are like Kevin Bacon. We have like seven degrees of commonalities and I will touch on them. First of all, you got your doctorate degree, right? At the University of Illinois? Correct. Yes. Graduated. My mom and dad are alums of the University of Illinois. All right. Second. Excellent. There you Second, go. Second, when I wasn't hosting a show years ago, I was a reporter for something called Daily Newspapers. Have you heard of them? Dr. James? They Daily newspaper? <laughs> yeah, newspapers. You've heard of them? I've heard of them, yes. Uh, once or twice. <laughs> and I worked at the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel, and one of my beats was covering NASA. All right. So we did the return to launch with the cha- you know after the Challenger and things like that. And you figured out a way to help astronauts breathe. We're going to dive into that in, in, a, in a minute. And the third commonality is my dad was a combustion engineer who built furnaces and he was all about keeping clear air. So in some way, what do you think of the three ways we have something in common? I think it's a great connection and hopefully uh, I think it'll be fun to see how the kind of weaves together (laughs) as we navigate the discussion as well. 
So let's dig in. I mean, there's air filters and then there's air filters. And you're, you are an entrepreneur, you're a scientist, you're an inventor. And I do want you to give a little shout out to your partner. I can't pronounce his name. Who is it? Weihua Jung. Oh, yeah. That just rolls off my tongue. Yeah, right. Yes. Right. So you all came up with a company and you came up with a thing called Colorfill. And everyone, it's C-O-L-O-R-F-I-L. It's air filter. So what's the big deal? Yeah, unlike a conventional air filter that removes uh, things like particles, things like uh, dust and uh, dirt and maybe you know uh, clumps of hair, things like that, uh, usually things you can see, uh, gases uh, will pass right through it. So Ooh. that's a good thing. Air will pass right through it. Uh, but some things uh, like odors and toxic chemicals uh, will reside in the air and the gas phase, and they'll pass right through an air regular air filter unabated. And so what's special about color fill is that bright pink coating, it's not just pretty, it's actually there to react with and capture and neutralize the certain odor causing chemicals in the air, as well as other toxic chemicals that are particularly problematic in in aerospace and other kind of exotic applications. So we're talking years ago, Colonel Sanders had his secret recipe, 23, whatever. You got a secret sauce in a way, right? 100%. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to use a big word. Holly electrolytes. Are you impressed? What the heck? That's How does excellent. that apply? What does that apply yeah. to? Uh, air yeah. So poly electrolytes are, you know, they're kind of a big part of our life. They're, you know, there's a lot of poly electrolytes in our body, actually. Wow. Uh, like a regular molecule or chemical is usually, you know, pretty small. And the thing with polymers, whether it's a plastic or a biopolymer, something in our body like DNA, the thing that polymers have in common is they're usually very large. They're, they're long okay. they're chemicals. And what separates poly electrolytes from a regular polymer, like a uh, regular plastic, is they have an electric charge uh, built into the molecule itself. And so I studied polyelectrolytes for six years at the university. Wow. I went uh, deeper than I care to admit <laughs> on that subject. It's okay uh, to be a geek because you're oh, yeah. a geek with a good heart and a good cause. Yes. When we have another interview, Arden, I'll tell you all about the, the intricacies of polymer. I can't um, wait. Yes. Seriously, I can't wait. <laughs> Here you go. Uh, but what I was really focused on at the time was looking at how you can use these polyelectrolytes to uh, target and remove toxic chemicals from water and air. Yeah. And, we, need, uh, we need you. We need you. Yes. Go ahead. Yeah. And so I, I started the company to like look at ways that we might be able to apply this to help, you know, clean air and water in real life applications. And along the way, we, you know, the, the technology kind of the development kind of took on a life of its own. And we were, you know, honored to have the opportunity to work uh, with NASA to actually build air filters for the, you know, international space station and, for the next generation spacesuit. Well, that's, the, that's a big deal. So we got to yeah. talk about that. I yeah. mean, I I covered NASA for seven years. And when they did the return to flight with after the Challenger explosion and, you know, they need clean air. They can't just open a window in the shuttle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. 
And the one of the challenges that, that we were looking at addressing was on the spacesuit, they were going to design a new spacesuit that would recirculate the air, which is a, a great idea of recirculating the air over and over again. One of the challenges of that is over time, the course of eight or 12 hours in a spacesuit, a lot of stuff can build up. And it can be, you know, pretty rank in there. Oh, you know, please say that word. Yeah. And what if an astronaut toots in a suit? Um, right? Do you hear it? But but you could smell it. Yeah, exactly. And there's nowhere <laughs> for it to go. And so not only can that be unpleasant, but it ultimately can be dangerous. It can impair yes. the the astronaut's ability to function. And so they contracted with us to build a, a product that would actually deal with those odors and bring down the levels of particularly ammonia, one of the chemicals that, that they're particularly focused on. So um, you tackled farts in space. That could be a new exactly. movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but that's a that's a pretty amazing contract. And they knew of your legacy that you and is it pronounced Weihua? Who, who, how do you pronounce his first name? Weihua. 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 Okay. Mr. There you w. Go. <laughs> so he introduces himself as Will. Uh, oh, thank you. Will. Simplify, right? <laughs> so that ha- would you ever want to go in space? That was my dream as a kid. Yeah, uh, I wanted to be an astronaut, and I wanted to, you know, either kind of be an astronaut or a a test pilot or a inventor. Uh, I've always coming up with crazy, harebrained ideas. And, uh, you know, I think that once I had once I had kids, the, the math started changing. <laughs> yes, you know, yes. Or, you know, could I go into space? So, you know, it still would be fun. But I think that the, the, the risk reward analysis, the math has changed a little bit with four kids. Yeah. Yeah. Daddy needs to be on Earth for to take care of them. Everyone, yeah. we're talking with Dr. James Langer. He's the creator of Color Fill. It's a pretty cool air filter system that works in our homes boots out pet odors and more. We're going to find out what that's all about for our pets because we're not in space after we take this break. So you all know the drill. Sit, stay. We'll be right back. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life, and they're finally here. Arden has two new books. Pause up, pet pals. Arden Moore here, unleashing my latest books to help you better understand why your pets are doing what they're doing. The books are called The Dog Behavior Answer Book and The Cat Behavior Answer Book. Does your dog have you begging for answers? Are you confounded by your cat's actions? You have questions. I have the answers. The books are in a question and answer format. So make sure to get your paws on the Dog Behavior Answer Book and the Cat Behavior Answer Book. Available now at Amazon.com, other great book outlets, and of course, our website, fourleggedlife.com. Pause up. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, 
all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I'm talking with this cool guy. His name is Dr. James Langer. He created this air filter technology. And you're like, okay, so what? No, big what? It is called Color Fill, C-O-L-O-R-F-I-L. And I live in a house, Dr. James, with four cats and two dogs. We're always trying to change our filters dutifully, but sometimes we forget. But why are air, air filters in general so darn important, especially when you have the air conditioning on or the heater on as the winter comes and you got pets and other people in the house? I don't even want to put on goggles and imagine what creepy things are around my house. Yeah, I think a lot of people are aware that air quality can be an issue, uh, particularly you know outdoor air. You get the smell of a diesel engine in front of you or whatever. Yeah. But the reality is that indoor air quality is generally much worse oh. than the outdoor uh, air. And it can be five times or more uh, dirtier than the air that would be breathing outside. And it's kind of often overlooked that the opportunity that we have to address it, whether it's with an air purifier, like a standalone unit, or what we sell, which is a, a furnace or air conditioning filter, depending on whether you live in the, the north or the south, uh, <laughs> we can use a filter like a furnace or air conditioning filter to actually purify the air in your home. And whereas in the past, they were used simply as a, a tool for maybe keeping your furnace clean. The reality is that you can actually use it to remove dust and dander and hair and now with color fill odors in a way that's otherwise you know, awfully difficult to address. And I know it's like five times more removal of odors than your traditional types of uh, filters. And what's the deal with two things I need you to ask? Your color fill filters use citrus. And I'm laughing for those watching uh, on my YouTube channel, Arden Moore. He has a pink background. What happens to your pink filters when we need to change them? Yeah. So just a quick clarification. First, we use oh. a citric acid, which is a citric component acid. of citrus and other fruits. There is no, there's no scent in the product, which is kind of a big part of what we're doing. And maybe you can dive into that in a minute. Okay. The other, the other piece of it is the, the filters actually change color as they're working. So the reality is that like any filter you use, as soon as you take it out of the packaging and put it in, you know, all bets are off in terms yeah. of how long it's going to last last and whether a manufacturer says it lasts three months or six months the reality is depending on how many pets you have in your home yes. time of year food you cook and whether you do stir fry a lot it's all going to impact the life of your filter and in most cases you're kind of blind to whether or not the filter is still working so with color fill i've actually got a a fresh filter here for those uh, who can see it. It's it nice and pink. Bright pink. Beautiful and pink. Yes. 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 So the magenta. And then as it works, it actually changes color as it captures those odors and will change to uh, a dull yellow color. And then eventually we'll pick up dust and, you know, turns pretty filthy, like the yellow gray. And what we really wanted to do with that is we were really inspired by the fact that, you know, with, with a regular filter, you can't tell whether it's working exactly, or not. Exactly, exactly. And, and there's really no engagement. There's no reason to engage with your filter. And consequently, most people forget about their filters and don't replace them on time. 
Mm-hmm. I think the average replacement in the U.S. is something crazy, like once per every eight months. Oh, uh, no, no, no. And, <laughs> uh, and so we realized that we could, you know, create a level of engagement with this so people could actually see what their filter is doing for them and, uh, maybe you know, uh, better perceive how, how they're benefiting from the filter as it goes and eventually get cued to replace the filter. I like that. And Pet Pals Color Fill, it's C-O-L-O-R-F-I-L dot com. Check it out after the show. It actually won first prize at the Super Zoo and in the new product showcase. I cover Super Zoo. It's a big thing where all uh, pet product groups come together and it's a big honor. It was listed as one of the fastest growing private businesses in America. And my personal favorite for three years, maybe in a row, you won the stain and odor removal product of the year by the Pet Innovation Awards. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Maybe a Nobel Prize down the road, right? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> but you also take this product and you help clear the air so to speak, figurative, really, literally, but you also give back. So tell us about a charity in the pet world that you and your team at Colorfill are helping. Yeah, so we actually connected with the local Champaign County Humane Society. We connected with them several years ago. That's in Illinois by the University of Illinois, for those that don't know. Yes. Yes. And we, we met them and really, you know, felt like really aligned with the mission of how they care for animals and just the, just the the thoughtful, loving way that they engage uh, with animals, engage with the community and um, promote animal welfare. And we wanted to, wanted to have a give back component to every sale of our filters. And so we asked them if they, you know, they would be interested in partnering in that capacity. And so since then we've donated a portion of all the filters that we've sold ultimately, you know, culminated in, you know, donating more than $120,000 collectively to them. And it's incredible to see the impact that they're having and the the way that they're able to use those resources to create a really, you know, safe, clean, really, you know, great environment for people to well, be. And adopting. you're helping all the shelter animals and they're breathing easier. You know, our lungs deserve clean air, right? <laughs> Whether you're exactly. a dog, cat, person or an astronaut in space. Indeed. What would be something that people wouldn't know? What's your hidden talent? Are you a wordle man? What what what's something people don't know? Do you make the best pasta? What do you do, man, when you're not being an inventor? Yeah, I love playing disc golf. Uh, oh no, disc golf. golf. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, and so I've taken my team out uh, uh, to go to a local disc golf course. I've I've taken them out several times now for a uh, you know a team building activity, which is actually you know a really fun thing to do. So take that pickleball players. We got a man into disc golf, right? <laughs> There you go. What message would you like to leave people with? I am very impressed by what your company is doing, clearing the air. I mean, I, I, I have about a minute left. I wish there was a way you could put a big net over the planet Earth for just a minute and clean out all the bad boys and, uh, and let us have clean air. Can that happen? <laughs> yeah, I wish that'd be great. I think that the parting thought, though, is just asking asking a question, actually, which is, you know, if if you're, you know, if you imagine the world and how you'd perceive the world, if your sense of smell was 10 or 100,000 times stronger than it is right now, how different would your environment look and how would you think about the products you use? And so I think with Colorfill, a big part of what we're trying to do is remove odors without covering them up. 
And I think that that's a big part of it. And I think that's something I really want just people to be thoughtful about is thinking about the, how the products that they use impact their cats or dogs or birds or small rodents or whatever. <laughs> well, they, they have that sense of smell is so much better than ours. And I'm really big on letting people know, please do not put a little air freshener plug in right next to the cat litter box. Mm-hmm. And cats don't like that smell. And they might find your pillow much more uh, accommodating if they feel like it's too stinky for them. So mm-hmm. masking odors is not cleaning odors and you are cleaning odors. So I like that. I hope you had a good time, Dr. James Langer. <laughs> Absolutely. It's been great. And thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. And everyone, we're going to take a b- break. And when we come back, we're going to talk with uh, Brian Cordes. He is of Neighborhood Cats, and his group is helping cats in trouble everywhere, especially on the island of Maui, where it was devastated by wildfire. So you all know the drill. Just sit and stay. We'll be right back. Got dog? Got cat? One of the best ways to show your pet how much you love them is to take a pet first aid class. Arden Moore is a master certified pet first aid CPR instructor and founder of Pet First Aid for You. Very cool! These classes are fun and practical and feature pet safety dog Kona and cat Casey. No way! Yes, a real dog and cat teaching duo. Wait, Wait, what? All classes are veterinary approved and are available in person or via Zoom. Ready to sign up for a class? Sorry, it's it's just for people. Arden Moore's Pet First Aid for You classes are proudly supported by Zinzi Pie's Save My Pet ID Tags. Pet parents who wear Zinzi Pie's Save My Pet ID Tags in bracelet, keychain, and pendant versions are assured that their beloved fur babies will continue to receive the loving care that they deserve, even if the pet parents are not able to provide it. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life Show. Yep, it's me, Arden Moore. Now, there's no place on this planet safe from any natural disasters, even places we think of as paradise, like the island of Maui. Far too many lives were lost when wildfires ravaged Maui on August 8th. The recovery is still ongoing. That's why I'm honored today to have on our show a real hero for cats everywhere. Please welcome the co-founder of Neighborhood Cats, Brian Cordes. Welcome to the show, Brian. Hi, Arden. Thanks so much for having me. And uh, where exactly are you? Because I know Neighborhood Cats is based in New York City, but you're a man with a suitcase. Yeah, I'm I'm. My wife and I, Susan Richmond, who's the executive director of Neighborhood Cats, and my wife, we're based, 
<laughs> Very well put. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Executive director first, wife. Uh, no, just kidding. Uh, we're based on Maui. We we moved here several years ago from New York City to kind of start a new chapter for Neighborhood Cats, and we, we've stayed ever since. And for those catching this on my Ardenmore YouTube, he is wearing a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, move over, Tom Selleck. All that's missing in this is your is a big, thick mustache. It's one of the great things about living in Hawaii is, you know, you can go to court and, and wear this and you'd be fine. So, Well, August 8th, not a great day, was it? Tell, can Are you on Maui? You're in Maui, right? So yes. how far away were you from the fires? Well, the fires were all over the island. Obviously, the most devastating one was in Lahaina. But when we went to, to bed that night, we saw 20, 30 foot flames several miles away from where we were. Wow. And, uh, you know, kind of hoped that they wouldn't be coming our way. And where, where I am escaped any, any destruction. There were, there were some evacuations, but nothing got destroyed. But there were, there were a couple, so, you know, I'd say two or three areas that got hit pretty badly, but nothing like the town of Lahaina. I mean, the images of people having to jump into the water. That's, I mean, years ago, I lived in Oceanside, California. I was about a mile from the ocean. I always thought if there was a wildfire that hit, I would drive and just go in the water. And many people did that, didn't they? Well, many people had no choice. There was almost no warning. They thought the fire had been extinguished earlier in the day. So when it picked up again, there, there was nobody there to watch it. And then the winds were unusually high that day with uh, 50 to 80 mile an hour gusts. And they just blew the fire right down into the town, which being an old town, there's a lot of wooden structures. And it just ignited in in minutes. And since there was no warning, people just ran outside. And it's a town with very only a couple of, of egress points mm-hmm. where people got caught in traffic jams by the ocean. And yeah, some of them you know, jumped into the water. And fortunately, I think most of them made it, but but some did not. Right. And then you've got the second aspect. There are, there, we're worried about the people, but we know that our four-legged friends have keep kept us sane for many years, especially during COVID. And also the community cat colonies are also, so there are sentient beings out there that needed help. So August 8th, what happened on August 9th for you? Well, you know, the the few weeks right after the fire were really very difficult for those of us in the animal welfare community because the emergency management officials would not allow us in to rescue pets or or community cats. Really, I think what happened was the the fire was so devastating. I mean, literally the ans- the, the the landscape is almost entirely ash and and charred metal and some cinder blocks. That's, and that's crazy. And that's it for miles. So there was this assumption that, it, you know, nobody and no animal could have survived. And they didn't want rescue research and rescue teams in because they were searching for bodies and remains and, you know, this whole thing about we it might be disturbed. And it was really, it was really very ignorant because the people who would have gone in at that time are highly trained. Exactly. Um, how to function in disaster areas. And it turned out they were completely wrong. There are hundreds of animals. There's already been like 700 animals pulled out of the burn zone, and there are still uh, several hundred more that remain in there. So 
with the cats, what we think happened was when the fire started, the ones that were outdoors jumped into the storm drains. And Smart. They out, yeah, they rode out the fire underground and came back up. But they didn't allow search and rescue in for three weeks. And then search and rescue went in and just started grabbing any anything with four legs that was moving. And there were so so many more than had been expected that the, the Maui Humane Society, the local shelter, right. became overwhelmed in a matter of days. And so they had to they had to put a stop to the rescue part of it because they had no space and, and you know no idea what to do with these hundreds of cats. So at that point, uh, they still wasn't a full understanding of how many were left. So they asked neighborhood cats to take over the the uh, operations in the fire zone. And we agreed to do that. And the first thing we did was start putting feeding stations out all over the place. Smart. Yes. Yeah. You know, so they had access to food and water. We used like as high quality food as uh, we could get from the donations and just try to keep them alive. And then slowly over the next couple of weeks, we realized there are hundreds of cats that are still out here. And since then, we've been kind of slowly extracting them at a pace that the local shelter system can handle because we, we don't want to crash them again and yeah. we don't want hundreds of cats getting sick sitting in little cages so that's kind of the, where we're at right now two and a half months later is every night we go in with trappers every day we have people feeding and as capacity is available to pull them out we we do that and we prioritize right now the more urgent cases so medical any medical cases most of them are taken care of by now any young kittens and fortunately there are very few and any cats that we can identify with match with owners um, wow. we're pulling them out so it's a very selective as space sometimes a whole block of space opens up and then we'll go clear out a whole area and and not do what selective. i mean what a logistic challenge everyone we're speaking with brian cordes and he is with neighborhood cats he and his wife susan they're based on maui they've done a lot of great work we're going to find out later in the show in new york city and beyond this is a cat man do he knows how <laughs> to help cats and you're helping pet cats and community cats and i'm sure you found dogs too a few you know oh. i haven't personally but the dogs that survived were pulled out pretty quickly Okay. And, you know, we could, we're probably talking a few dozen dogs. They, mm -hmm. they had a much rougher time as compared to hundreds of, of cats and lots of community cats too. Yeah. We, we don't, we treat them all equally. I like that. He's been a guy on my radar for a while and I'm finally got him on my show. I have no excuse. This man has for many, many years been helping and championing all kinds of cats with the program called Neighborhood Cats. And before we dive more into Maui, can you explain a little bit about how you and Susan came to uh, create Neighborhood Cats and what's it all about? Well, you know, it started with, I lived uh, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan and okay. I wasn't really involved that much in animal welfare, mm -hmm. but I, I knew some friends in the rescue community and I was literally walking down a block in my neighborhood and passed an empty lot and I saw a bunch of kittens playing in in the grass so my thought was I would try to help them and pass them along to my rescue friends and uh, that would all get taken care of 
<laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Famous you know, last I, words. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, my, I always like to say that I did what any good citizen would do, which is I try to find somebody else to take care of the problem. Uh, <laughs> okay. You're honest. <laughs> I like that. Hey, we are talking again with Brian Cordes of Neighborhood Cats. I want you after the show to please go to neighborhoodcats.org. We're going to find out more and how you can help after we take this break. So you all know the drill. Just sit per. We'll be right back. Have you had your chance to pick up either one of Arden Moore's new books, the Dog Behavior Answer Book or the Cat Behavior Answer Book? They make perfect gifts. They're online at Amazon.com and, of course, our website, fourleggedlife.com. This is Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life, and because you wanted it, we've created a new Four-Legged Life monthly digital newsletter. And in addition to fun stories, health and safety tips, and of course, lots of cute pet pics, we'll be having monthly contests and possum prizes exclusive to newsletter subscribers. So grab your fur baby and get over to fourleggedlife.com and get yourself subscribed today for the new Four-Legged Life monthly digital newsletter. Welcome back to the Four-Legged Life Show. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Our special guest today is Brian Cordes, co-founder of Neighborhood Cats, living proof that real men love cats. And this whole disaster in Maui, I know it's awful when you can't just go right in, but the cats seem to be, many of them, seem to be very savvy. I've seen some clips. There was a cat named Mambo that is actually like a, a white and torty cat and came out and looked like a gray cat because of all the soot and ashes and was able to be rescued and reunited with people. What's the importance of, I know it sounds basic, get that cat microchipped. Oh, you know, in a disaster scenario like this, it's everything because otherwise, so if we catch a cat and they have a microchip and it's current, it's an Mm -hmm. easy, it's an easy reunification, right? It's, It's a phone call. When they don't have a microchip, or it's out of date, then we're looking at photographs and we're trying to, you know, just try to match a gray tabby with a gray tabby, you know? And then in in the, during the disaster, people lost a lot of their photos. So they didn't have anything for us to match them with. And then in the disaster scenario of this scale, uh, a lot of people are displaced. So they move off the island or they move into a hotel and then it becomes difficult to find them. And uh, the whole reunification process is really, really difficult. Whereas with a microchip, the current microchip, it would be quite easy. So it makes all the difference in the world. Well, yes. And maybe you can be the one being the teacher preacher here. It's great to get the microchip. Doesn't hurt the pet. But a lot of people forget to register, correct? Either they don't register the chip, so it ends up going back to like the local shelter yeah, uh, you know when when you're trying to trace the owner, or they move, or their number changes, and they don't keep it current. So it's it's important to just put it on your calendar once a year. You know, make Good. sure all the microchip information is up to date. 
just like you would with anything else that was important in your life where you needed yeah. people to contact you. I like that. I like that. So how can people help? I mean, I would love to fly out to Maui, cost prohibitive right now, but what are some things people can do in person and and elsewhere to help neighborhood cats help the cats impacted by this wildfire in Lahaina? Well, you know, we're we're very much partnering with the Maui Humane Society. And, and in fact, our work in the disaster zone is under the Maui Humane Society. Okay. So, so they're really a, a, a the crucial lead agency for the overall operation. I mean, we're we're there for the trapping and the feeding and direct contact with the cats, but they're responsible for the sheltering and the placement and the raising the provisions. So, there's a number of ways people can help. You can go to MauiHumaneSociety.org and click on their wish list and donate food. We go we go through you know probably a hundred pounds a day feeding these guys. There's also, you can obviously give a monetary donation, but they have a very interesting program at Maui Humane Society where if somebody adopts a cat from them, uh-huh. um, they will fly the cat to you at no cost. Really? Yeah, they'll, and they'll do all the, I mean, they're experts at this. They'll do all the logistics and they will get, now you can come to Maui and go home with a cat or they can fly uh, a kitty to you. Yeah, <laughs> well, I know, I know. <laughs> year, years ago, remember, it, it was all the the a situation with rabies and other things. So what is the policy now in the islands, on the islands of Hawaii, for getting a pet or animal to one of the islands or getting one of them off the island to the mainland? Well, there's no rabies in Hawaii. So getting animals into Hawaii is is pretty long process. It takes several months where you have to oh, get a couple still, of rabies okay. shots and then get titers and uh, get all the paperwork from your veterinarian. So it's 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 a process for sure. But uh, flying cats out of Hawaii, because there's no rabies here, is a much easier process. When you say titers, you're telling people it's just a another like a blood test to verify right. that the the that the animal coming to go on a big vacation with you has no signs of rabies. Right, that the antibodies are at the proper level right. and that the vaccines have taken effect, basically. So easy to take cats out, hard to bring them in. (laughs) Well, did you and Susan, your wife, slash executive director, we don't know which one is her top position because, (laughs) you know, we don't know. I'm teasing. Did you bring some cats to the island when you moved? Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did that go? You know, it was it went much better than we could have hoped. I mean, it was it was definitely nerve wracking getting them all on the right kind of carriers and then erasing transportation to the airport. And then they had to switch planes. And But there are logistics companies based here in Hawaii that take care of everything for you. Nice. They, they, they schedule the planes. They have people there to make sure the transfers go smoothly. So it's really kind of this door-to-door service that they have. And you have to do your part, which is, you know, all the medical and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I... In the end, I mean, our guys had a fly for, it turned out to be like 26 hours between wow. all the transfers and the delays and the time change and all that. And we had a 19, 19-year-old blind kitty, little black and white guy named Paisano. Oh. And we were most worried about how is how is this going to work? You know, how is he going to deal with this, right? And when we got to the uh, cargo terminal and picked up all the carriers and, and we, we opened his door and he just came out and he was just pissed off. He was, 
He didn't get to fly first class. You didn't get to get any cookies. He's like, he didn't get any cookies. Exactly, exactly. He's like, what? What was that? You know, <laughs> grumpy old man. Grumpy yeah. old man. Yeah, but otherwise he was fine. So they took they took excellent care of him. What are some things, if I may ask you, Mr. Former Attorney? Well, once an attorney, always an attorney, and 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 working with video production. What are a couple things that cats have done for you to make you a better human, Mr. Brian Cordes? Well, you know, cats, they have just as deep an emotional life. And if you if you don't define intelligence as what you're good at, which is what people do, right? You know, so, you know, people are very good at, you know, algebra or so. So, so we do IQ tests to see how good we are at. Right. And we, def- we define that as or wordle. Come on, let's do right. the wordle. Yeah. Right. So, but if you look at it as an intelligence as unique to e- like each animal has their own unique intelligence, and um, you know, so cats are much more sensitive to movement or to I think they're more emotionally sensitive to people. They pick up things very quickly. Obviously, their sight and their hearing is and their sense of smell is far far superior to ours. So kind of learning that and respecting that they are just as intelligent as we are in their own way is been been real eye opening. It's it, it's good to be humble as a person and not think that, you know, not define the greatest thing in the universe as yourself <laughs> and realize that we're all kind of different forms of life. So just getting to know cats and, and learning to respect that. And then also it's like they don't they get rid of their baggage pretty quickly if you, you give go. them time and space. You know, like I've had very traumatized cats and then just let them stay in the closet for a week and then they come out and they're fine. You know? Well, I don't want to like, put you, right? lock you in a closet for a week and make it better. <laughs> but there is a lesson in that because we get we get all. Yeah. So how has that helped you address things like wildfires and Maui and other challenges? It's just you. You. You do what a, a cat does. You deal with the moment. You deal with what's in front of you. You, you do what you can, and then you move on to the next day. I like it that. Doesn't, it doesn't become an accumulation of, oh, I should have done that, or oh, I should have done that. It's like, what can I do now? What can I do tomorrow? Well, I I don't know if you know, but I have the most active safety cat, I'm going to say, in the world. And he hails from the San Diego Humane Society. He is a shelter alum. I call him alums. And hang on. I think we're going to get a first-hand look here. Oh, wow. <laughs> I want you <laughs> That's a big boy. to meet Pet Safety Cat Casey. He's a certified <laughs> therapy cat. And for those on YouTube, he's a, he's a ginger boy who has never met a stranger or a strange place. He's been to 15 states, and he wants to tell you, Brian, I want to thank you on behalf of all <laughs> felines. For helping the cats in Maui. <laughs> That's it for our show today. Pause up to our special guest, Dr. James Langer of Colorfill and Brian Cordes of Neighborhood Cats. Big thanks to all you great radio stations coast to coast for airing our show and to you pet pals, a special salute. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, this is your host, Arden Moore, saying to all you two, three, and four Lakers out there, Pause up. Thanks for listening to this episode of Arden Moore's Four-Legged Life. And we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Tevra Pet, for a happier and healthier pet. Online at tevrapet.com. 
And also our good friend Janice at Save My Pet ID Tag. Your pets are never alone when you own Save My Pet ID Tag. Online at SaveMyPetIDTag.com. For more information about the host, to listen to past programs, and watch video versions of our guest interviews, our website is FourLeggedLife.com. And have a pawsome week. 